Welcome to the Beer and a Movie Podcast, a podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. Which will it be tonight? We'll see. I'm with my good friend, Carlos Cooper. And this is Dave Gurney. And you didn't even say your name, Joe, so I'm going to go ahead and he does that every time. He, he misses it when he does the every intro. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as Joe said, we're, it's always a gamble. What, what, what are we going to have for a pairing tonight? Uh, I'll say out of the gate, for a beer, before we even uh, get, get to the movie, although this may clue some people in, um, we're, we're looking at something that has some label art that I, I feel, and a name, that, that sort of uh, ties into the film pretty well. This is a beer that I've not had before from uh, Abomination Brewing. Though, as I understand it, Abomination is a uh, nomadic brewery in that they do not have their own facility and instead go and brew at different facilities around the country. That's interesting. That is interesting. There's a few of those, right? Evil Twin did it for many years before they set up shop in uh, Brooklyn. And still, I think his brother, Mikeller, does but, it. But how do you, how do you uh, gain the reputation without a home base of... You know, how do you gain a reputation that's going to make? Uh, yeah, of you, course, come use our valuable real estate of our equipment. That's a, that's a good question. I I could imagine maybe being a home brewer and impressing somebody mm-hmm. with the quality of your home brew, and then them wanting to let you brew on their equipment. Um, I could imagine just somebody talking their way into it. I'm not sure, but. Uh, Whatever the case may be, Abomination in this case went to Dorchester Brewing okay. in Massachusetts. And Boston? Brewed, uh, I think it might Boston. be in Boston. Dor- it's in Boston? Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, Dorchester is a city right outside of Boston, but it may just be the name they chose for it. It probably was. Uh, anyhow, th- this is a double IPA uh, that is 9.3% ABV. It's called Rotting Earth. And as I said, the, the label art is... This skeletal hand uh, coming up out of, I guess it could be the ground, but it, it looks like the looks ocean. Like waves, yeah, yeah, because there's um, some tentacle action. But sort of like reaching out of the, the <laughs> somewhere sub tentacle action is right? the name of the episode. Yeah, and uh, and gripping this sort of grotesque version of the earth, and it's because the earth is rotting. That's rotting, right? as and, it were. And so, the, thinking the tie-in here with our film tonight, uh, the dead don't die. A zombie film, recent zombie film release, which hopefully some of our listeners will have already seen. If not, maybe this will. Well, we'll see if it encourages them to see it. But uh, as a double IPA, uh, double dry hopped. That's right. It's not just double. It is double. What the heck is, is that? Dry hopped. How do you put dry hops in if the beer is wet? <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, that it's was all about the daddest of jokes yeah. that have been made on this podcast. Right. Let's. We're we're going to be doing some dry humor mm-hmm. in, in this God. episode. Um, this is taking a, a bad turn just from the jump. <laughs> well, God, I mean, come on. Uh, Got to catch up to you guys. Y'all been drinking already. But it is. Let, let's just put it out there. Uh, the, this dry hopping. It mm-hmm. talks. It's about the stage in the process that the hops get added, right? So when you're doing your initial boil of the wort. Uh, you're putting in the hops usually then. That's the typical mm-hmm. hop addition stage. And so like with your dogfish head, 60 minute, 90 minute, that talks about how long it's sitting in the boil. The boil They're putting yeah. them in. But there's even different stages in the boil oh, that sure. you want to add. Like you're doing a 60 minute boil. You put 75% of the hops in right away. To Those get the bitterness. Or, or, or 60, 50, whatever. Yeah. yeah, to get the bitterness. 15 minutes before you're done Mm -hmm. or 30 minutes before you're done and you add some, you're going to get some of the bitterness, but some of that floral as well. And then you add some at the very end, typically for sometimes for aromatics, but then you dry hop it during fermentation. Right. Right. Like you dry, you're brewing or you're fermenting 14 days, seven days in, fuck it, drop a bunch more hops. And that's a choice to get a little more floral aroma. More air, it, more of the aromatics and yes. less of the bitterness. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. So we should be getting, and I don't know, the, the nose on this, are you guys getting... I'm very congested, so I, uh, I'm not going to be of much use today. I'm definitely getting, I wouldn't say floral, but citrusy. Malty. It's, yeah, malty, for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm getting more of a citrusy... And it's got a haze to it. It's not uh, it is very opaque. transparent. Yeah. Uh, All right, I look so, forward to drinking on this while we talk about The Dead Don't Die. So before we get into the movie, mm-hmm. I want to do news at the top Mm -hmm. and i have one piece of news that i have something very brief to say about then we're out go ahead avengers endgame is being re-released okay with a post-credit sequence so you're telling me 
And I've seen people on Facebook already like, fuck it, let's go again. Like, blah, blah, blah. You're telling me you're going to go pay another $15 to see a film mm-hmm. that you've already seen at least once. Right. Just to watch 30 seconds after the credits roll? When it'll be online immediately after the first screen. Fuck it being online. I just go read what happens. I'm not going to go pay and sit through three hours. Even if it's a movie I love. Yeah. Just because of just the pure capitalism of it, I'm like, no, nah, fuck you. I bought it. I, they, really, they really want to eclipse uh, Avatar, right? They're darn close. Yeah. Once upon a time, I bought a ticket to a movie. I cannot remember the movie. To see the trailer for Lord of the Rings, the very first trailer of Lord of the Rings, I watched the trailer and left. So yeah, they get you. They, really? they, they, they can get you, get you with right. they can get sure. you with the marketing. It was it was a movie that you were so no intention of seeing the movie. I just wanted actually... to see the trailer. And this was you know the uh, think about when Lord of the Rings the first one came out and probably yeah. seven nine months before that to see this trailer. Uh-huh. Yeah, the internet wasn't what it is today. And you're so, a, so you're yeah, a, I did a, that. You're a fan of Tolkien, but I think that I think that yes, uh, I was a fan of the concept of Peter Jackson making this movie and the whole okay. notion of making them all at the same time to release them in one a year. You know, everything that they kind of broke ground with with Lord of the Rings. So, you know, okay. I've got rabid friends that love the Marvel franchise. I, I'm not that. I enjoyed Endgame just fine, but uh, I can see them. This is a huge money grab, and it'll be curious to see what the box office is on this little experiment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if I'm, they get an uptick. I'm mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, well, just... To, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to get that out so that everybody that's listening to this that is going to go see it again just for the post-credit sequence can know that they're suckers. Okay. And I will say this and, in movie news, by the time you listen to this, the Beach Bum is available on DVD and streaming, so go yeah, pick tell up me, that Yeah, uh, tell me about your respective Father's Day. I had days. a Father's Day. Uh, my David son, and Joe. My son went to the best record store in town. That's Hybrid Records in Corpus Christi, Texas. This episode brought to you by... Picked up a uh, copy <laughs> of uh, uh, Led Zeppelin Untitled and... The Beach Bum soundtrack. Thank you, Carlos, for uh, providing that. And David, how was your father's day? <laughs> well, my lovely. If it's not a movie soundtrack, don't even continue. My, my lovely wife, Erin, happened to uh, go to the same record shop and procure. This brought to you by one of the same records, the Beach Bum soundtrack. Uh, knowing that I was a big fan. Oh, you got of it film. too. Yes, he got it too. Yeah. Nice. I did. And I didn't uh, need to talk about the other ones. I just thought it was funny other records. that you both Very got good. the same Father's yeah. Day gift. Uh, whenever Erin came to get it, she was like. Is there any Jimmy Buffett on it? And I was like, yeah. You know, one of the things <laughs> about the dead don't die is that there's a song that's repeat. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. get no, into the no, movie. No, we'll go. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 movie time. Dead don't die. Sturgill Simpson, Jim Jarmusch, and then we have Bill Murray, Adam Driver, the RZA, Chloe Savini. Chloe Savini. Savini. Now you've finally seen him. Savini, with Chloe Savini. Caleb Landry Jones, Danny Glover. RZA. Uh, I said that one already. Mm-hmm. Sturgill Simpson does make a cameo. Oh, playing a Selena game. Gomez, Luca Sabat, Iggy Pop, Carol Kane, right. Tilda Swinton. I mean, fuck. Tom there's Waits. so many, Tom Waits. There's mm-hmm. so many people. In all this the movie. cool people. Actually, yeah. All yeah, the cool it, people. It is. It is one of the coolest cast. Also, shouts out to Selena Gomez for being in interesting movies. For yeah. going post like child star to actually doing some good work, picking and, and choosing. And, and yeah. from what I, I understand, like she was. Uh, um, Instagramming this quite a bit, like when she was on the oh, set. Really? So, like I think she she was kind of proud of it, like genuinely, like, like happy about that, being a part of it. That was well, the impression I got. Well, yeah. I know we'll get into the general plot, but don't you think with that crew and knowing that they're not all there at the same time, of course, they probably had a pretty fun set making this film. I think any set with Bill Murray has to be fun. Yeah. Right? He seems like a fun guy. And Adam Driver seems like an okay guy too. He but seems what's this serious. movie about? Who's going to tell yeah. us? Uh, well, from the trailer, there's an, a zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. in a small town. Mm-hmm. And Caused by polar fracking. Well, well, not, we, it's not in the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll, we, we will get there. Um, yeah, zombie movie, taking over the town, killing people, very deadpan cops try to deal with it, even though they're completely inept and unfit to handle a... Uh, event of that scale and magnitude and severity. And, and a population, a town, a population of 732 or whatever. Yeah, and, 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 and you see Selena Gomez and company in... Passing uh, through. Passing through. It, you see them in the trailer a little bit, but it doesn't really talk that much about their role or involvement or whatever. Um, and, yeah, so... And the trailer demonstrates that Tilda Swinton is a caretaker who, of course, under, is... Yeah, undertaker. Uh, undertaker, yeah. thank you, who is going to... Uh, 
who is uh, good with involved the sword. Yeah, with the good samurai. With the sword, yeah. Um, but yeah, and so upon viewing, now we can tell there's like the environmentalist kind of allegory. It's, there's, some, there's some condemnation of capitalism weaved in there, um, which actually I guess we get a little bit of that in the trailer because they do point out that they're going back to the things they go back they to the things they like, which is sometimes and, consumerism, sometimes just uh, yeah. activities that they like. Yeah, because you see Iggy Pop go, Coffee, coffee, Chardonnay, <laughs> Chardonnay, yeah, yeah. Wi-Fi yeah. is mentioned in the film. Yes. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right, that's right. Um, but yeah, and then you know you got Tom Waits who's a hermit. You see him a little bit in the trailer too, yeah. and he's, he's just a out mountain there, like, man survivalist. Welcome to my world, right? In the very classic Tom Waits growl. Yeah. Um, one thing I didn't know about this movie going in is all the Sturgill Simpsonness of it all, <laughs> uh, which I'm not a big fan of his. Right. I don't necessarily have any like grievances with him. I just don't particularly care for the sound of his voice and so I tend not to listen to him but man they, they sell it as if this is the best there's a song well, that he makes called The Dead Don't Die, die that yeah. comes up again and again and again and again and again it's, the theme it's song. a running gag yeah. right? I mean, it's a running like, gag and there are several running it, gags it yeah. plays cold <laughs> o- it plays cold over the title card yeah. But then you quickly see it played in the cop car uh-huh. and on the it radio. Selena Gomez right. loves but, that song. When but I'm she saying, like, it. from then on, every time it's played, the characters speak aloud. Oh, this is the Dead Don't Die by Sturgill Simpson. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love this song. Or oh, can we stop playing this song? You know, whatever it happens to be. So it's it's constantly remarked upon in the film. Yeah. So um, so yeah, one of the, one of the many running gags there. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. This movie was not what I expected it to be. Really? That's an interesting question. What did you expect it to be? Okay. I was going to say, I didn't ask a question. Um, Because this is not what I expected it to be either. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I'm not like super familiar with Jim Jarmusch in Mm -hmm. the first place. So like that aspect, I like didn't have a lot to inform Mm -hmm. what I expected out of it. Because, you know, only seen like maybe one of his movies. Which I know is like a glaring omission in my film, indie film, whatever um, pedigree. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I guess I expect. I, I mean, I did expect a lot of the the deadpan humor. I expected a somewhat kind of um, uprooting of the genre and that kind of thing. Um, I guess I just didn't expect the meta ness of it all. Well, that and that that kind of surprised me too because I do know it is meta. I know Jim Jarmusch's films to some extent, especially his earlier films. I haven't really kept up. I, I missed Patterson. Would like that had Adam mm-hmm. Driver in it. Right. So I think it was the first thing he did with him. And then there was the vampire flick he did, Only Lovers Left Alive, yeah. with Tom Hiddleston. I think so. In the limits of control. So I kind of missed almost a decade of his films there. Sadly, um, the last one that I really remember loving and seeing in the theater was Broken Flowers yeah, with Bill Murray. Murray. Yeah. yeah. Um, which and that was on the heels of uh, Lost in Translation. So he kind of went... Bill Murray, yeah. yeah he kind of went deeper indie with a... Yeah. Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yes, he's always had the deadpan, dry humor. Right. That's always been an element of Jim Jarmusch's style. But mm-hmm. it's not necessarily been as sort of self-reflexive or meta as you get in this, where like, yeah, the characters are remarking upon, oh, this is the theme song, you know, when the, when the song plays. Yeah. Or later in the film when a driver starts saying well, I read the like, script right exactly because throughout the film his what what is the line that he keeps repeating this like isn't this gonna isn't going to end well exactly yeah. he's like what do you mean by that it happens it happens <laughs> well, twice I read the script it's a complete breaking of the fourth wall where adam driver's character is talking to bill murray's character about we are in a movie right now yeah, and, and the winking at the audience, but then they go right back into the movie, well, and then you don't he, but, see. But but Murray acknowledges it too. Understood. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and it it's it's almost it's different than breaking the fourth wall in the sense that fourth wall would be like him talking, talking to, to, us to the, as the audience. Right. Yeah. But this is more like him acknowledging that this is a fiction, that they're in a story, and that there's a director. They even name him, <laughs> and they call him an asshole, right? Or Jim. Bill Murray does. Yeah. He says Jim. Right? Yeah, like, I've done so much for this guy, I yeah. can't believe he only gets, you know, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. It, it, I, I like those moments. I thought they were, it, it caught me by surprise, and they were probably some of the biggest laughs for me. And actually, with the audience I saw it with, it seemed to be some of the stuff that landed hardest when they went that meta with it. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Not the case for my eye. No. Really? Uh, Carlos and I accidentally sat exactly next to one another in the, well, there was in a the theater. There was a buffer seat. He didn't try to hold my hand. Okay. But 
Uh, I wouldn't have mind. Not this time. But um, uh, our crowd was a. There was a couple of chuckle. You know, it doesn't matter. So it wasn't. It wasn't a lively. It uh, was lively, but they were laughing at things I found odd. Okay. Yeah. Like the less funny parts, I guess. Huh. Um, but but yeah, I I, I, it, I have a big problem with this movie. Okay. Really? Come out with it. I enjoyed Broken Flowers very much, and, and unlike David, I'm not as familiar with Jarmusch's career as I want to be, uh, especially at the beginning. But um, zombies are in with the with the uh, success of The Walking Dead. Uh, I whispered to you, Carlos, during the pre-show, Alamo's awesome pre-show. They always have one. They showed the trailer for uh, for the original Romero Night of the Living Dead, and I Which leaned over to you and said, yeah. "This is my favorite horror movie of all time." Yeah, I'm versed in zombies. I've seen Dawn of the Dead. I've seen Day of the Dead. I've seen all of the Land remake. of the Dead. Yes, I saw Land of the Dead. Um, Diary and- of the Dead. <laughs> Is that a thing? This is going to be a long, boring <laughs> episode of this game continuing. But nice um, Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> this movie is a missed opportunity because it adds nothing to the zombie genre. It's not that funny, I didn't think. And it just... it 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 Even the points that it was trying to make about consumerism have been done already. They did that in Dawn of the Dead when they get back to the shopping mall. And that yeah. was decades ago. So what are you adding to it? Now, there are bright points and funny parts. I really enjoyed everything Steve Buscemi did. I yeah. enjoyed Buscemi. the idea... Buscemi. It's Buscemi. Buscemi. I refuse to say it that way. But that, that is the correct That's how he pronunciation. Steve Buscemi's hat... Uh, make America white again. Yeah. When a good friend of his, or at least an acquaintance that can sit there in the diner with him while he's Danny wearing Glover. this hat is Danny Glover, obviously mm-hmm. an African American. So there is some pointed, interesting social commentary, political commentary going on. Yeah. But it's so scattershot that. It's almost as if the film was a big inside joke to everyone making it. And I think all three of us have probably made a movie once in our lives, at least. David, I know you sent me a YouTube video of a movie you made. Mm-hmm. And I bet that when you and your friends are sitting in the room, the friends that made it, y'all are laughing y'all's asses off. Remember the inside joke of this? And remember the thing that they did? But we, how, remember how what happened inside there? jokey is it to make a parody hat of No, 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 no. I'm not using that as an example to, of the inside joke. I'm just Well, saying, then give me one of the inside jokes that you feel like this is Well, we is wouldn't a, know about them because we're not on the inside. Well, well I mean, I, but I feel like there's so much that's... I mean, kind of to your point, like, okay, zombie films, we've constantly read them critically right. as these allegories uh-huh. for you know consumerism right. the, the the sort of uh, dehumanizing nature of capitalism mm-hmm. all the all these different allegories this film i love this film is that right it it's like i'm gonna do oh, what i'm gonna do what the allegory is i'm gonna put it right on the surface and i'm gonna make it a constant reminder well, what is the allegory we are all zombies. We are walking through this life. We, the people come back, and they, I mean, so you know, I was thinking a little bit about okay, what's notable about the zombies in this film, right? Because every film kind of has, or not everyone, but a lot of them will have like a specific take on zombies. The one on this film, the most unique aspect to the zombies here, mm-hmm. is well, one, they don't go after brains, so that that right. that's a little different. Um, they do go after human flesh. I mean, they're going after, after any, human any part of the body. That they Though they eat. get quickly disinterested with it and are much more interested in these consumables or these kind of you playing trappings, soccer, playing basketball, trappings yeah. of modern life mm-hmm. that they once found very compelling, like Chardonnay, coffee, Wi-Fi, whatever you know, whatever it is. So, I mean, I just found that really. An inside joke. I thought it was fun. An inside joke would be the whole breaking of the fourth wall, as I explained it, and you guys corrected me. But what is the point of that? If you're not, what was the point of that? It made me. It made me angry the first time. Really. And the second time, I was like, now they're just farting around with us. It's these guys having fun on set, and now we get to see it because you you have invested. I would like to think probably two million minimally if the actors aren't taking big salaries money into making a movie mm-hmm. and the movie's a zombie movie yeah and the movie is a, okay it's gonna be a Jarmusch style zombie movie right so hit us over the head with something interesting but it just plods well, and it's it's just it, it, it wasn't that great and then there's an <laughs> alien and, a, and an alien spaceship yes. 
but that's, there was. But David, that's just funny and weird for weird sake. It doesn't really Why add anything what, to the plot. Why would an alien come to a population of 700 to be a, an undertaker at a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a where there are no corpses? Simmer until down this now. thing happens. Simmer it's silly. Down. It's silly. It's silly. And it wasn't a good movie. <laughs> I don't like it silliness. I am angry about silliness. I've seen great silly I, movies. I this am, one was just one one of them. I, well, I think you went in with the wrong attitude. I mean, I got to say, oh, when I, I love hear to be you, dazzled. when I hear you reacting this aggressively, what he said, what do you say? You love be dazzled. The film Bedazzled? Yeah, is that what you no. said? Are we no, going no, no, off no. I love to be dazzled. To be, I thought you said you love be dazzled. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that um, is that uh, Elizabeth Hurley? Oh uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen that. We're getting right. so far off track. It's here. all right. But I'm just saying to have as violent a reaction it's as you just had. I, I'm putting on a little bit, but okay, I, I, I just well. didn't think it was that great. I, I didn't think it was that great. And I thought it was a missed opportunity. It's like going to because uh, I like Jarmusch enough for the few things that I've seen to dazzle me. Okay, and then it's what it wasn't. Dad now, so I'll, I'll say this: I was a little bit worried going in, from the standpoint that I've seen zombie comedies. It's a hodgepodge. Right? We're going to talk about zombie comedy, another zombie comedy, Uh-oh. in the second half. Spoiler: I've seen zombie comedies before. Mm-hmm. What is he going to do that's different than those zombie comedies? It's not enough to just parody zombie films. Okay, Shaun of the Dead did that wonderfully yeah. a, a, a while back. Right. Edgar Wright, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the, wonderfully. Um, We'll talk about Zombieland in the second half. I'll go ahead and spoil that. And it, I think Shit. did zombie comedy in some interesting <laughs> ways. We can see whether we like that one or not. So I'm thinking, okay, what is it going to be? And to me, he did enough that made it feel very different to me. He hit me with some things that I wasn't expecting. That whole, the meta-ness, the them talking about being in a film, the bringing in the weird sci-fi element of the unexplained kind of flying saucer. Um the the Sturgill Simpson thing where it was just this recurring like what the hell is going on? I had that Did been you an not awesome wait 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 Go ahead. Did you guys get CD singles when you went to see it? Mm-mm. No. Okay. See, we went opening night and oh, you on got, the oh, table cool. before the That'd film, be there were CD singles sitting out on there. Sturgill Simpson. The that, dead don't die. That's yeah. pretty cool. And yeah, yeah, you know, a, it was that well, it was a nice it, touch. So I was thinking, wow, that's funny that they're doing it. And yeah. then to have it actually yeah. happen in the film, I, I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, that is. So, I mean, and then why was Selena Gomez in the movie to be to be Selena Gomez in a movie? Because she per, she provides well, okay, no Joe, purpose or function what, what, at all. What horror movie doesn't have a young beautiful woman in it? Let's watch her die. Let's watch her die. Well, that, okay, so that that was the other thing. I like that this was a zombie film that really didn't care too much about the gore. Okay, yeah. there were a couple. The first deaths in the diner right. were probably the goriest, mm-hmm. but after that, it was really pretty. Uh, some cool beheadings, and I, I did like the concept of black dust because these are dead yeah, people with yeah, no yeah. pumping blood. Right, right. right. So there, that that was kind there of there were elements touch. that I enjoyed. There were jokes that landed. Mm-hmm. I laughed out loud. Carlos can verify. Right. But overall, you felt like it was a disappointment. Wasn't a great comedy. Wasn't a great zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even a great indie meta movie. They didn't use the meta enough to yeah. make it meta. So I just I felt know. it was I a missed opportunity. I mean, going it back, wasn't as good as the sum of its parts. Going back to what you were saying, we, we kind of passed over it when Carlos was summarizing the plot. But uh, with the the whole concept here is that the reason for zombies, mm-hmm. it isn't a virus. Mm-hmm. It's the Earth has been sort of mm-hmm. brought off its normal it's rotation, right? Thing. Its axis, because there is this polar fracking that's right. going on, right? And it's kind of upset the, I guess, the magnetic mm-hmm. poles of mm-hmm. the Earth, and it's like shifting. Or they don't I mean, really... if we're accepting zombies, yeah, fuck it. Sure, cares. right. Give me uh, some. It doesn't matter. The reason doesn't matter. Uh, but the reason matter. It does matter. Well, it does matter. because it keeps getting remarked upon, and it's clearly environmental allegory, right? It's trying to kind kind of do that but it wasn't even allegory it really was just environmental uh you know destruction that mm-hmm. they were they were kind of uh putting at the root cause of this and that people were i don't know i like that it was wearing all of that stuff rosie is, perez appears as a reporter named posey repez that is a fucking junior high bullshit joke <laughs> That I would have made in junior high. Ho, Jilliard. Uh, your, your, your. Ho, Jilliard. Look, good. we're laughing the at it now. The we're, we're laughing at it now. I mean, uh, okay, so. All right, Carlos, come on. Make, make sense of this. I, I cannot do that. I tried afterwards, and I couldn't, so I read an article, and 
in light because uh, you know the if maybe if I had seen it a second time, I would have been able to of my own accord put some pieces together. But I was I was just so kind of uh, uh, taken aback by I was I was caught off guard mm-hmm. uh, by some of the elements that I wasn't expecting to be a part of it. So I was like, okay, do people like this movie? Do people hate it? Let me do some googling. Let me find it's out. And I found mixed. a really good pretty article. Mixed. Pretty mixed. Found a really good article on Slash Film, and so I want to credit this woman. Her name is Lee Monson, I think is how you would I say the name. David Durney. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll refer to his work next. But it's part of the Unpopular, Unpopular Opinions series on Slash Film, yeah. and the opening line is, I get it, okay? The Dead Don't Die can be a really hard film to like. Yeah. Now, they go on to talk about a lot of different things, uh, about the nihilism of it yes, all, right. which if you can't embrace the nihilism of it, which is really what the UFO is, that's what Selena Gomez being yes. there is. I mean, so much of it is just the nihilism of the film, because like, who fucking cares? There's no reason to care about any of this. Mm-hmm. Like, Who cares if Selena Gomez doesn't have a purpose? Who cares if the UFO thing never pays off or just comes out of nowhere? Fuck it. It didn't matter. If you're landing well, funny, I'd, funny I'd, jokes. I don't read the nihilism that fire. way, although, I mean, that may be how Lee Monson does. But to me, the nihilism is we're all fucked. Yeah. The, it, the earth yeah. is going to shit. It's all going to end. And you know what? Let's just have some fun as we're going down in flames. And if you can't, if you can't go along with that, if that doesn't appeal to you, which I understand. It yeah. wasn't fun. Then It wasn't I fun. I found it incredibly fun. I feel like I was watching a different film based on your reaction. It wasn't, You're saying that you laughed, but then it no, wasn't. I'm saying that I laughed a little bit. sporadically. Yeah. Yeah. If a joke lands, I'll laugh at it. Yeah. You know, but I said, but Carlos, but, you know. Okay, I agree. I didn't laugh consistently, and I didn't particularly, I don't know if I would say I had fun watching it. I don't know if that's the word that I would use, mm-hmm. but it was interesting, and I had an experience watching it that I uh, don't regret. No, you yeah, know, agreed. And uh, so it, for that, it's worth it. And I wouldn't say it's a bad film because, you know, having seen it, I would not choose to not see it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but one of the, I mean, there's a lot of interesting points that she makes in this article, like about how the weird kind of confusing ethnical aspects of the Undertaker's character uh-huh. like she's i very clearly irish or scottish probably scottish, scottish they keep yeah saying, scottish yeah. uh but, but also, also like really into japanese culture right. and like that kind of shit and the the point that she makes is that that character is used to represent the vague idea of foreignness that most uh, you know right. americans have like where all these different kind of exotic elements but the point's are, not nailed well it's not nailed no i mean they nailed everything else they was everything else was so on the nose. I think if everything was that on the nose, it would be a little too much, maybe. But then also the, the idea that you know it's explained a bunch of times how to kill these things. People don't really like learn from anything that they've seen in pop culture. They don't really take that. In. Like Caleb Landry Jones's character, who as has she points out, in the, yeah, as she points out in this article, has seen every zombie film, knows yeah. all the trappings right. of it, and still falls into them anyway. <laughs> right. um, and yeah, I mean there. After reading this, there is a lot more to a lot of it than you think. Maybe it's, maybe it's a level. second viewing film. It's a second viewing film. And I might really probably saying. have that opportunity. Because once you know where it's going to end and what it is and like the just like surface level elements of it, once you've got that, then you can, I think, look a little harder in like during the viewing at okay, how do these, how does this relate to the overall thing? And I mean, you really it doesn't come through super hard until the very end of the movie that it is an environmental allegory, that it is a condemnation of capitalism. Like all that stuff really is driven home at the end. I mean, they're not, you know, so, you know, I just feel like knowing all of that going into it, you can look at, you know, the subtext of some of those other things in a more informed way and get more out of it, mm-hmm. which, that- which I, which I think, which I think is the mark, even though if I didn't like love it and I didn't come out of the theater going like, Oh my God, yeah. I think is a mark of a good film. If right. you can watch it a second time mm-hmm. and continue to gain from it, you know? Yeah. So because when these good film, when these films come to Corpus Christi where we live and we get them for a week, <laughs> we get them for a night you know, and I usually Th- this at, one a full uh, week. At usually least. at Alamo. Yeah. yeah. When I see Sometimes one that's exceptional, done. I want to tell everybody go see it. Go see it. Support. 
independent cinema in Corpus Christi by mm-hmm. going, you know, where we live to go. But, you know, but I wouldn't have done that with this one. If you're a Jarmusch fan, you're going to love it. And we're, I'm going to be the guy that just doesn't get it. I totally understand your point of view. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hear where you're coming from. I think I probably, and it's getting a second week. Um, I, I think it's oh, is it? probably better than, um, than Joe was giving it credit for. I hear what Carlos is saying. I just have to say, you know, for me, it was pure, unabashed enjoyment. If I had one problem, I just want to put it out there because I feel like our listeners who, who get into scrutinizing films, I did not understand the recurring subplot with the kids in the detention facility. That one I can never, explain that to you. That one never really paid off for me. And in fact, it was a loose end where they just kind of like run off. What? Tell not me. A, what was it? Not a loose end. As per the Monson article. Okay. One thing that she points out about that storyline is that, so they're, okay, well, I'll start, I'll go chronologically. One thing she points out about that storyline is that they're the only ones that pay any attention critically to what's happening and then also at the same time alter their behavior as a result of the new information that they've received. Okay. So... Whereas Adam Driver's character, like, well, it's all going to end badly, and at the okay. end, even admits that he's, you know, conceded so he's, he's to his the fatalist. Fa- he's conceded to right. his fate, and is just like, oh, well, this is just how it's going to happen. And then everyone else makes bad decisions, and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're the only ones who that actually see something, take action. Yeah, that see things. something bad ha- is going to happen and take action to change it. Which is like a direct metaphor for the old guard versus the new guard, and in terms huh. of environmental change. The old guard wants to, even though we all see this inevitable doom coming, they don't want to do anything about it. And by all of the older characters, i.e. the characters that aren't actually children, like they're dying off, that leaves this kind of like new start for the younger characters who, other than... Who who I guess we're left to presume do make it. They do make it because we don't, we see everybody else die explicitly or get summoned by a ufo yeah and the the only the only characters that we can presume have made it are those Stupid. kids and tom waits right bob right. herman so so somebody who's already rejected and tom waits yeah a lot by just who, who not getting involved exactly so right. he's, he's he's been he's, an outsider he's a hermit he's, he's a, not he's part objective of the system. observer he's not contributing right. to the problem right right thus he survives ba- right. thus based on what everyone else is doing is actually helping right to, right right, right. You know, reverse the problem interesting i like that hey it. i like this monson I'm, I'm definitely reading the article yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, post we'll post it on our it. social yeah, yeah, good yeah. stuff so is rotting earth good stuff though it's pretty good i enjoyed this beer very much i think it's decent um it's not, is it the best double ipa i've ever had absolutely not but no. but i i Kept refilling my glass. I enjoyed it very much. And that dry hop, I think, does add an element that makes it a little more interesting than just a typical double IPA. Without the dry hopping, I think it would be too malty. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I found it to be slightly chalky. Um, chalky? Chalky, yes. Um, a little bit sort of... Using uh, all the words today. Almost almost like an aspirin element to it, which mm-hmm. sometimes comes out with the bitterness in, yeah. in hoppier things. So I wasn't finding the, the, the finish very pleasant. I like the front end. I like the aroma. I like the first sip. But then as it kind of sat on, in my mouth, I, I kind of ended up drying out and feeling, I don't know. So interesting. I don't think it's a total uh, hit, but it's also certainly not a failure. It's um, it's something. I don't know. It's not bad for a 9.3. And, no. Um, yeah. I mean... I didn't get the chalky that you did. Okay. I and I, I think that you've got um, one of those situations like cilantro. Yeah, some, maybe. Some, the, some, cilantro has a flavor that just some people do not coordinate right. with because of chemi- like a, like chemicals in right. their body. And, and I, I, for me, that thing is like I get a lot of banana a lot of time when I'll say I taste banana. Yeah. And people don't get it. Yeah. And there's got to be some kind of. Well, I think we all have sensitivities. Yeah, neurons that, yeah. and sensitivities. But I didn't, that we didn't get the chalky. But, but, but at the same time, it's, 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 it's not exceptional. Decent. And uh, I would probably order it again. Yeah. Great label art. Yeah, yeah. Be curious to try something else. All right. So we're going to take a little break here. It's a zombie double feature. And as I've already uh, suggested, we're going to talk about another zombie comedy from about a decade ago, which is actually about to get a sequel. Uh, and that That's is Zombieland. Right. And, uh, and we'll also crack open another beer when we get back.
And we're back. And in this half of the episode, we're going to talk about the, I don't remember what year, uh, film Zombieland. It was 2009. Um, that's what I... Yes. So 10 years just, ago. I should have just, just gone with yeah, it. Yeah, a little research, bro. Get prepared. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, Abigail Breslin, uh, zombie comedy romp, a little bit of a take on the genre. So we're going to open a beer first. And today, David brought this when he pulled out of his cooler and you squealed. Uh, I, I, di- I did. I let out a, <laughs> well, a, a gasp. For our, for our listeners who remember this film, one of the recurring gags from it is that uh, the Woody Harrelson character who is, oh my gosh, I just watched this again. Um, what, what's his state's name? Or what, what, uh, is he Tallahassee? He's Tallahassee, so Florida, right? Yeah, so, so Tallahassee, the Woody Harrelson character, is obsessed with getting his hands on some of the last Twinkies. And so this is they this, do have an expiration date. That's it turns right. Out. As, as he pointed out in, in the film, that eventually he will no longer be able to. So as long as they're around and still good and fresh, he's going to take them. So uh, I was thinking, what do I have that's sort of a pastry stout? And this was the one that I pulled out. This is Imperial Wedding Cake. It is by Evil Twin Brewing. Though Who we mentioned in the first half. We did. And they have been... I think, right? Yes. Yep. They have been a nomadic brewery for many, many years. Um, and I looked up the guy's name in the break. Yepa is, is his name. And his brother is Mikel. And he has Mikeller. Uh, but this Evil Twin Brewing has just gone to different breweries over the years, given them the recipes or worked with them on the recipes and put out these beers. This is one that he did at Westbrook Brewing out of South Carolina. Ding! Um, who so I don't what's believe the, had what, what year was this brewed then? This was April. This was just this year. So he's while they still have their own spot, they're it still doing a little traveling. So yes, it was earlier this year that he opened his mm-hmm. brick-and-mortar brewery in Queens, New York. Now I guess he's just continuing because he has these relationships, I would imagine, and he can brew other places. And certainly a history of doing it. Right. And I know Westbrook has kind of a famous beer that uh, people seek all the time they're Mexican cake beer. So I'm imagining maybe this is kind of a, a riff on that. Well, this thing has got all the adjuncts. But this is, yeah, this is an imperial stout, right, that has... Porter. An imperial porter, I, I apologize. An, an American imperial porter that has coffee, what? vanilla, almonds, and wedding cake added. Do, do we say what it's called? Imperial? Yeah, imperial wedding cake break. Okay. Oh, sorry, yes. The closest Dave Gurney could come to a Twinkie. 11.5, maybe. That's right. a, still a cakey kind of thing. So, how do, so when they say they add wedding cake to the beer, mm-hmm. and you see this on some of the fun beer shows that are on TV and whatnot, where they're going to add crazy adjuncts, not just a, Fruity a pebbles spice or, or whatever. whatever the fuck. Yeah, that's done during the fermentation process, typically, no? Right. I don't I don't believe you'd add it to the boil. I couldn't uh, I couldn't imagine no. how you no, So you're you're putting it in there later. And usually in like a big tea bag kind of thing so that you don't get cake in the, you know, some kind of screen's got to filter out the well or a false bottom to the okay. to the, the the fermenting tank. Uh-huh. Right. Um, where all that stuff can kind of come be, down. be collected and, yeah, and captured. And then, yeah. Um but yeah, they, I mean, but with I, the amount of adjuncts some of these people put in, I would imagine there would have to be some additional because the if you did a false bottom, you would lose trying to capture that much, you know, like you know, like a thousand pounds of oranges or whatever right. the fuck people are doing. Like mm-hmm. there was a beer ingenious did where they said in condition with a ton, comma a literal ton of whatever <laughs> it was that they did that time. Right. So that would be a big false bottom. Right. I, I would be curious to find a video about put adding wedding cake to a beer. Yeah. Right. All right. We'll find that. Yes. Maybe they maybe they have some kind of like uh, make it fun like catapult it into the it thing pour, it pours something. like motor oil. I mean, this is thick and it is Three dark seasons. and uh, the smell is uh, pretty exceptional. An imperial porter, we have drank a lot of imperial stouts on this show, but an imperial porter might this might be our first one. Yeah, it's the same it thing. Might be, it pretty much it's is. pretty much the same thing. But uh, but yeah, I mean they 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 want to call it that, so we'll let them. Yeah, whatever. Do your damn, thing. Damn nice. So definitely a dark, dark, mm-hmm. rich smelling beer that we're going to be sipping on here while we talk about this decade old zombie comedy classic. Is Carlos, it a classic? You, yeah, what, what do you think? Yeah. Carlos, you were eager to talk about this when we, when we were discussing what would be the adjunct, if you will, to uh, <laughs> the Dead Don't Die. To add to Dead Don't yeah, Die. Yeah, I mean, because I think it was a film that did the spoof on the zombie thing really well and was well received when it came out. 
Um, and I know your love for Adventureland, which you've discussed on the show before. You're a big... Uh, I like Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, yeah I think you're a he's big a, fan of his. I think he's a good actor. Uh, I put it on... I watched it kind of in segments or whatever, but I put it on Monday night. We're recording on Wednesday. And I had some people over, a friend of mine from out of town, who I probably saw the movie with when it came out, honestly. Mm -hmm. But uh, we started watching it, and he was like, man, I can't believe they let Jesse Eisenberg play Lex Luthor in a movie. And I was like, Mm. I can. He's a good fucking actor. Like, they didn't give him anything to work with in that. He has a a type. He he has a character that he kind of goes to over and over again, though. I yeah, think. I, I Squid and the Whale. This the uh, as we saw, I saw a trailer. We saw a trailer. Yeah, uh, during the Dead Don't the Die Art of Defense. for the Art of Defense. That looks it's pretty that good. Same kind of, but uh, it is nebbish. Yeah, yeah, nerdy yeah. sort of introverted. Mm-hmm. He's also an author. Socially, he does, he does a he does a good job. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's he's good, great, but I, but I agree with Joe. I haven't really seen him break out of that that I can think of. Um, but he he can do it really well, and he yeah. can make it work for a lot of characters yeah. that maybe it wouldn't with other actors. So. Yeah, I, I think so. But but anyway, so you know, post apocalyptic zombie kind of landscape. You know, everyone's struggling to survive. This one starts off kind of at the brink of it all but when no not everyone knows what's going on yet because there's a girl that comes in that he thinks interested in turns out she's just you know slowly turning or whatever Mm -hmm. but it kind of has this uh you know he does yeah i mean he does play that nerdy in this case exceptionally neurotic kind of character because he has a a detailed list of rules rules, on how to survive zombie land right and they appear on screen in the form of you know uh, a little device it's kind of landscape they're in, yeah, within the landscape. Like they're not title cards, 3D text but they are. That yeah. shows up, yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, at the time, I thought it was a really fun movie. It's still pretty funny. Like, I love the part where they get to L.A. and find the maps to the stars and pull up, and Woody Harrelson's like, "Yeah," and it's not Bob Marley. And then, <laughs> like, you know, they're in Bill Murray's house. Like, yeah. it's fun. You know, it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, Joe, you were the one that when I suggested it said like, "Oh, we'll see how this plays in 2019." It's kind of problematic, or was that you? No, I, I don't recall saying that. Somebody, I thought it was hmm. us that was saying that. Some, someone said it. Someone said that to me when I said we were going to watch it. Well, see, my suggestion was Night of the Living Dead, the original zombie movie. I, I, yeah. This is a better mm-hmm. companion to The Dead Don't Die. It's closer. It's closer. It's closer in timing. It's also. Um, it's not trying to invent a genre. No. You're familiar with the genre. It. And, of course, you've got now two Bill Murray zombie movies, which is just kind of interesting. And, and, and Bill Murray is... Though, the, a, though this one was uh, like a, an a undercover cameo. kind of... Well, and it, and it was also kind of like an Easter egg sort of like... Yeah. I remember going into it not knowing that he was going to be in Yeah. It. Right. And, I had no idea. Yeah. And, and that that was easily one of the very funniest moments in the film and still yeah, sure. plays pretty funny still plays sure. well, yeah yeah the, watching it again i was really impressed actually because i had not i don't think i had seen it since i saw it in the theater right. 10 years ago and i thought it was hilarious i was laughing i was enjoying it um i think there's good chemistry in there between jesse eisenberg and woody harrelson i think there's kind of a yeah. nice sort of uh, balance that they have there. Also, Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin. I mean, the whole, you know, whatever, uh, you know, quartet that, that we have there, right. I think, works really well together. It was, uh, you know, it's funny, though, because watching it, like, it is a zombie comedy, but it does, it, you know, it, it just goes to show that zombie comedy can be different, right? There isn't just a single way of doing zombie comedy. Yeah. Obviously, The Dead Don't Die is going for some form of zombie comedy. Without a doubt. But this one seems like it's got a You mentioned Shaun of the Dead earlier. Yes, right, which is much more a parody, right, Mm -hmm. where you have the characters kind of commenting on some of of the tropes of zombie films and the conventions of it. This one, they're not so much that way. They're not talking about it in a knowing way. It's not like a scream take on zombies. No, it is a zombie movie that happens to be kind of funny. Right, exactly. So this is more taking a straight ahead, yeah, let's make a zombie movie, but let's make it a little bit silly because we're going to have characters that you wouldn't typically, that are a little too... He's not the normal quirky guy. yeah to fit into a typical well, I imagine that film. the director told Woody Harrelson go for it mm. stretch, well, stretch 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 the laughs as much as you want to but, well but let me ask you a question when have you seen Woody Harrelson in a film in which he didn't go for it the messenger I don't know what that is oh well that, he went for it but it was just a much subtler performance Subtle. there yeah. yeah no I mean he's Subtle, I feel like he goes for it every time 
And I, when it works, I it works. I think he's a serious actor. I mean, yeah, I no, think he's, he's done a, I think he's and serious can, about the craft. Can we keep it the Rampart here, though, please? Can we... You guys don't know that. No, I know about Rampart, Okay, all right. I I was, the, the Reddit AMA, this was like a famous... Yes, yes. Can yes, we... Can right, we just, yeah, I'm just yeah. here can to promote just, the movie. Can we just can keep, we keep it the Rampart here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like historically one of the worst AMAs Yes, exactly. Like somebody who just did not Ask me anything, but not anything. Exactly. I'm just going to talk about the movie I'm releasing right now. Yeah. Anyway, but but in general, I think Woody Harrelson is a fantastic actor. I mean, since... Cheers. I mean, I know that's kind of a trivial footnote in his. Uh, I think in Cheers, his is, Cheers is some well, of his, his less spring... awesome work. It's not. But it was, we've not learned how good he is. No, but he was hilarious. We've I mean, learned how good he is no, since true. Cheers. That's certainly. true. So I totally agree with you. Although I, I really think I don't to want to get into a fight about Cheers. Dave. No, continue. No, no. I think I think the film really rests on Jesse Eisenberg's shoulders yes. in, yeah. in a big way, and the character works. I think having that kind of you know basically dropping a and, and I probably shouldn't use it, but a Woody Allen type into a zombie film. It's a funny concept, right? You have this guy who's really uptight, kind of mm-hmm. neurotic, yeah, who's nebbish, constantly, yeah. and. Yet he's having to deal with the living dead attacking him mm-hmm. constantly. While he's concerned about whether or not he's attractive to girls. Right. And yes. whether or not right. this girl's attracted right. to him. And, and having uh, those things ir- don't stop. irritable bowel syndrome. And, yeah. you know, having a fear of clowns. <laughs> you know, all these things. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I thought it was interesting because watching it, you know, kind of back to back with the dead don't die, it... Goes much more for the gore than yeah. Dead Don't Die, right? I mean, Dead yeah. Don't Die, like I said in in the first half, is actually kind of restrained in terms well, cause of they don't have blood; it's dust in Dead Don't Die. That's something right, we when didn't they cut discuss. their heads and yeah, stuff. It's yeah, it's just well, like when the Joe victims get eaten, there is there's a little. Yeah, blood. well, yeah. no, but when you kill a zombie it's in this one, when you poof. kill yeah, in this one when you kill a zombie, no, I mean, it's a, you know, yeah. there's flesh and there's right, you know, right. the whole thing, um, and they're fast zombies, right? I meant to say that in the first half. This was the era of fast zombies. This is the lumbering zombie. Yeah. Dead, dead, don't dead Don't Die was back to lumbering. But yeah, this was... And I remember that coming off of, you know, 28 Days Later and... Uh, yeah. Dawn of the Dead Dawn remake. Dawn of the Dead remake, mm-hmm. where there were these, oh, fast Fucking zombies sex. now. Right. So this definitely... It's pull, an immediate pull, threat. Pulls in the yeah. fast zombie. Right, you're chasing... I mean, the first scene you <laughs> They're going to outrun you. Is he's, he's having to do laps World in the parking War lot to get back to his car. Right. Um, so you have that. There were some things that kind of struck me as I don't think it stuck stood out to me as much... When I saw it the first time, but I think maybe just because I was in more critical mode watching it this time, and you guys have gotten me all hung up on this. Well, the rules. We got to think about the rules. We do. World building is important. Why? Fuck that in the first half of this episode, because there are no rules. Why is there still plenty of electricity in this two months old post-apocalyptic zombie land? One would think. And everything is illuminated, and they go to like old stores that have their lights on, and I mean... I don't know. Anyway, that's th- fair. It 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 just stood out to me where I was like, "Oh, if I'm going to get hung up, but you know what? I didn't, you didn't get hung get up." Hung up. <laughs> I just fuck the shine. It was it was my inner Carlos and Joe that were saying, yeah. "But this shouldn't be on. These lights should be out. There should be no electricity." Am I too strict about that because it took no, me out no, of the dead no, don't no. die a little bit. I, I don't want to get yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah. I discuss that movie. <laughs> anyway, yeah. anyway. Th- that was that was one thing I, I did but, not notice. How about this? I didn't even notice it. But I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't notice either. it. But I really enjoyed it. Well, I mean, it's so much fun. Power and the, is and the, such am- a... the amusement park is still fully functional. And yeah, there's all that. You sure. know, I mean, there's those might be gas generated. But but yes, I mean, I think the. You know, going back to what we already mentioned, I think that Bill Murray surprise kind of cameo uh-huh. in there and his quick demise. Yeah. <laughs> Due to him miscalculating on a practical joke. Uh-huh. Terrible joke. Oh, but it, I know, terrible joke, but it, it was just. Great scene. What a wonderful, wonderful scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's really funny. I think, so in the, the, you know, conversation about zombie comedies, I think the thing that Zombieland does well and why it was successful and why the dead don't die was not necessarily critically or commercially maybe but is that zombie land takes the zombie format seriously like yeah. it's not fucking it around plays as a zombie it's, film. it's a zombie movie like right. the stakes are the same the threat is legitimate like everything is like they are their target audience is people that like zombie movies, right. but may be fatigued of seeing the same one over and over. Yeah, right. Or high, wanna, the high wanna, drama of The Walking Dead. Yeah, and well, want I, a fresh take and all that. Walking Dead wasn't a I, show. I understood, yet, understood, but, but you um, tend to get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stakes um, are so hard that we can't So have fun. high, yeah, life and death, which they are in this one too. But, of course. Um, 
Dead Don't Die does not, Dead Don't Die shits on everybody that likes zombie movies. It's just like fuck you. Like this is dumb. Like you know. It, I yes. And I so get, it, and I so get where it, you're coming. So from. Dead Don't Die isn't going to get. And even if they do walk into the theater, is not going to retain that audience the way that right. Zombieland people that like zombie that legit actually care yeah. about zombie movies will still like Zombieland right. and still have fun and still think like, oh, this isn't ridiculing me, this isn't mocking me, this is yeah. Know. Well, I don't know if it still is, but I think at in its moment it was the highest grossing zombie film uh, up to that point, and I don't know if something is eclipsed. Oh, that's it an interesting then. statistic. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm trying to, to think of something that would have eclipsed it. World War Z, maybe. Did, yes, I think World War Z did. Did actually, the Dawn of the Dead movie. remake with Ving Rhames come out prior to this? Yeah, that was 2004. Yeah. Prior to this? No, Dawn of the Dead was prior. Yes. Yeah, it was that much made prior. a lot of money. It was much prior. Because that was. Fast Zombies. Yeah, because that was Zack Snyder before he right. got his whole. Like, right, okay, yes. Yeah, so Zombieland made more money right than here, that? right here, right yeah. here. The film grossed $60.8 million in 17 days, becoming the top grossing zombie film in history. The record was previously held by the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil Afterlife claimed the record the following year, grossing oh, over two hundred ninety million. Well, Dang, like, that much? Yeah. For Resident Evil, what? Resident like Four Evil Afterlife. I don't know which one that like was. Four in the or five. Those God Resident damn. Evil movies anyway. surprise me every single time by making as much money as they, they do because so they're just money. not very good. Well, the first one was I. <laughs> what? We'll, we'll have, anyway, to, we'll anyway, have to do yeah, a Resident yeah, Evil. Yeah, we'll no, we but, won't. But. but it was. It was incredibly successful, and it really. I think it was as a zombie film. I mean, I think of it as a yeah. zombie comedy mm-hmm. in the way that, uh, you know, Die Hard is kind of an action comedy, right? Okay. I mean, that there are these comic moments, comic lines, good comic delivery on the part of the actors. I think it amps up the comedy a little bit more, although maybe some of the Die Hard sequels would, would kind of get you there. But, I you know, so. it's like, does somebody who loves, you know, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme or... Arnold Schwarzenegger film like those Bruce Willis action comedies? Sure. That's, you know, because they're not doing anything to sort of chip away at the genre. Are they're we, Die they're, Hard? They're, they're adding comedy to the genre. Die Hard's the right. best action movie ever made. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> but hot, steaming hot take. Right. But yes, when you get into those that are more parodic or somehow critical of the genre or, or playing around with the genre in some ways that show that it's not being taken maybe as seriously, like The Dead Don't Die, I think, yes, like Carlos said, you're risking or or you're just accepting that this isn't necessarily a zombie movie for zombie fans. This is a zombie movie for indie film fans or for yeah. Jim Jarmusch fans. Yeah. Which... You know, some of us there Smart there is audience. a Venn there is a Venn diagram yeah. that <laughs> that captures but, some of us, and yeah. I think I, I fit enough in there that that it worked well for me. Yeah, but Zombieland, you don't need to do that. You don't need to know. In fact, it was kind of funny. One of the things looking into this, I I could not tell you who was behind it and 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 who yeah. you know made it. I have no idea. It was. I mean, I think it was primarily driven by the screenwriters. Who it was like a, a duo, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. And they have done some other work together. It's not like the, their only thing, but it's one of their most... Well, actually, I should say that they've done some successful stuff. Deadpool was right. was theirs. Interesting. Um, and and also, I think, actually, their big break was doing the Joe Schmo show. I don't know if anybody... I fucking ever... loved the Joe Schmo Did show you? when it okay. came out. That was a good show. So it was like a parody of was too, reality. I was, yeah, I was too young yeah. for that show. Yeah. But I do remember it being Yeah, around. it was great. And then, um, yeah, you, and then you've got the idea that like Bill Murray and his career now where he has no agent and you can't get a hold of him and you don't know if he's going to show up to the first day of filming. I would be so curious to read an article, I didn't do it, about why Bill Murray chose to be in this movie for the short period of time that he is. He, it was Pro- pen, Penance for Garfield. <laughs> he, he he does get to uh, name Garfield as his one mistake. Under- oh yeah, 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 you remember that? Yeah, yeah they, understood. They if he has any regrets? Any he's regrets? Like, he's like, yeah, understood. Garfield. Garfield. <laughs> we know that Bill Murray will work with directors over and over and over again once he gets into the first yeah, film. Sure, yeah. Thing, I mean, so. if he sees Jim Jarmusch on his, uh, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do ID, Wes Anderson. Yeah. He's gonna do you know Sofia Coppola. But is he gonna do who? What brought him to this? But anyway. Pro- probably because he only had to be there for a day. Well, that's true. You know, I would I would say it's a very practical thing. They're gonna. Put well, him in the I'm makeup. To, I'm trying to think of someone else that I heard that in they, an interview with that they said the actually, same thing. And it, and it was funny, also in reading up on this, um, there were a number of other actors who they had put in there. In fact, I think it was originally Patrick Swayze whose mansion they were going to go to. Interesting. Um, As the 
Bill they, Murray character? Yes, okay. and they were actually... Did he die do, around that time? N- it was a few years later. It was, be, okay. it was before... Well, well I wasn't no, sure no, no. if his death was why it didn't happen. I don't think it was. I Well... I was having a good time, Carl. It was around then. Well, I don't know. It's he did. It, it, was, it was around then. Um, but then, I mean, and they even had like a... What I was reading was saying that they even had a recreation of the Potter's Wheel scene from Ghost written into it at oh, one shit. point. I'm glad that didn't happen. Which it's good that they didn't. Yeah, yeah, right. And then they had Sly Stallone, Joe Pesci, Mark Hamill. But they were going to play themselves. I mean, they were, Joe Pesci I think, might have going kind of through a bunch of different possibilities until they landed on and I'm glad they did because How did I they think, convince him to put on the Ghostbusters outfit and oh that I don't know it's but a it, day it's and great it's, you it's know great. it's like I feel like Bill Murray didn't give a fuck anymore yeah. he's just like yeah fine I mean I don't know yeah. it sounds fun so uh, it, it's interesting and and like I was saying the I did not realize although it seemed like you did when I said that it has a sequel coming out it was yeah. on reading up on this that I realized oh the sequel I remember when the series was get, they had a series that was maybe yeah, going to come through I Amazon that. but it failed mm-hmm. like they, it, it was one of those where they did the pilot and then I think people voted it on it didn't get past it didn't get right. so that, that exists but it never came through yeah this new film though is reuniting the original cast it's going to yeah. have Woody Harrelson Jesse Eisenberg mm-hmm. Emma Stone Abigail Breslin most likely not Bill Murray in a, although it would be great if they because he would figure out a way. Figure right. out a way. He's a zombie. He's a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah it, it, but it got that's coming out couple, this year. Yeah, it got announced. Yeah. A Fantastic. Back. So I don't know if we'll, we'll end have up to talk about that in the future. Not, but it, but yeah. at least a news item when it comes out. Maybe we can pair it with Night of the Living Dead. Oh, maybe. There we go. All right. So but this beer. What do you guys think? Imperial wedding cake break. I was curious how they stuck some wedding cake into a beer. How they get it out so that it doesn't appear into the can. What do you guys think? It's eleven point five. How does it taste? How does it feel? It's an eleven point five. I'm I'm not feeling it yet. It tastes pretty good. I don't think it tastes like wedding cake. No. I mean, I get some vanilla. I, I get think. a little vanilla, but it, but I'm getting more. I don't know if it's just maybe a hangover from the. <laughs> not chalky, but I am getting a bitterness there that that's hanging out longer. Uh, li- Especially when you consider the list of adjuncts that are all you know coffee, right. of course. I get like a vanilla almond coffee. They like, might have put the coffee subtext. in there, and you get that coffee that yeah. coffee note that might be undoing the sweetness of the almonds and the vanilla, or whatever. Be. I'm with you, David. There is a bitterness to this, which yeah. is unpleasant. Uh, I yeah. disagree. I like the. Bitter. I don't. I'm enjoying know, it. I don't yeah. know if I find it unpleasant. It just overwhelms anything that could like, feel like, like sweet, like that Starbucks like. taste of burnt coffee. You know how their 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 mm-hmm. their house coffee's a little burnt on yeah. purpose. They it's took, not a little burnt. It's a lot burnt. Okay, well <laughs> it could be burnt. that bitterness that you're feeling if they put a lot of coffee in there. But that, boy, do I like their cold brew. I, I shouldn't say that because now we're pitching for Starbucks. Mm. Okay, you can yeah, cut that out. Okay. Life is life. We like what we like. So we liking this or we're not liking it? I think it's good. I The bitterness doesn't bother me. Um, I like that it's a little bitter because, you know, if you just if you just made a regular stout, it'd be a little bitter, you know. But, I, I you know, I'm getting enough vanilla that it, the bitter, you know, it's. I think it's well balanced in that regard. I think the problem is the way it's branded and like yeah. that because there's not a lot of wedding cake coming I through. It's not it, as sweet as you would expect. I was wanting it, it to yeah, be a bit richer and thicker and sort creamier, I guess. When, right. when I hear wedding cake, I think, I didn't okay, ex- this I is going to be sort of like a... It's, yeah. it's going to feel really... There's going to be frosting. There's going to be yeah, there's gonna be sugar. Yeah. There's going to be... I didn't, and, I didn't expect creamy... Because they didn't call it a milk anything, uh-huh. you know. So I kind of went. Fair in. enough. I, I didn't have that expectation, right. but I. I mean, I would like more vanilla. What do you? I take? would like a considerable amount more vanilla. Yeah. What's your take on Evil Twin in general? Um, have we had stuff from them before? We had not on, on the podcast. I don't know if we have on the podcast. I don't think I've really had anything from them. It's our first time. Everything that I see from them sounds great, though. Yeah. And yeah. I they're, want they're to branding. have They're more good at branding. Yeah. I mean, look at that. Look at the label. Well, yeah. You, a picture of that. It's yeah, a fantastic you label. You jizzed when the uh, can came out. <laughs> I did. Um, but uh, but you're this not. This didn't make me do it again, though. It, it was not a two night. Okay. The actual yeah. beer. Well, all right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know. Our first foray into Evil Twin, not as successful as we would have hoped. I would say but successful, we'll, but not. Let's try them again. It didn't knock my socks off. My socks are still very much on. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely try you them again. You keep your socks on? 
And I've and I've had sometimes I've had things that I thought were more <laughs> else, it's cold outside. more successful from uh, them or him in the past. But uh, but yeah, I mean, this is drinkable. It's not at all bad. It's just maybe not living up to the expectations, the name and the uh, yeah, not a, not not as advertised yeah. for sure. If we can find a video though of how they introduced that wedding cake, I, I would like to post that on our social. Yeah, and if and if we do find that or find any kind of anything about adding somewhat untraditional adjuncts such as cake uh you can find it on all our social media channels you can connect with us on twitter at beer movie show on instagram at beer and a movie and of course facebook.com slash beer and a movie tx and then of course you know our home base beer and a movie podcast.com kind of i mean facebook is probably where you should find us if uh, that's your that's your thing Uh, i'm always posting what i'm drinking on instagram Uh, we're making david take over the twitter so uh, keep uh, keep an eye out for that David Derny content. Or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you are listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please go ahead and subscribe to the show so that you can be notified whenever we drop new episodes every week. And also, please rate and review us as well. Please. We know you're going to give us that five-star rating, but mm-hmm. please write a review so that you can tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see some of it in the future. And as always, send us beer! That's if you right. need to know how to do that, just reach out. S- hit the DMs. Sure. It goes down in the DMs. There we and go. that's where you sending us beer will go down. And as we've said, if you send us some beer, you probably get a little something in return. No doubt. No doubt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's 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 something in it for you too. Just saying. Just putting it out there. Offer stands. Um, but until next time. This isn't gonna end well. I was gonna say that! <laughs>